and welcome to the Baji Billboard. Uh, I'm Reezy, Tamir's here as usual. Yeah. Before we start off, we'd like to acknowledge traditional owners of the lands where this podcast has been recorded. Uh, for me, up here in uh, Mianjin, also known as uh, Brisbane, and Timur's down in Nam, also known as Melbourne. Um, yeah, it's also uh, not Oak Week. Um, not my week. Well, it's the observance. Um, so basically, um, in, in regards to that, there was that a sort of recent news came out that um, the federal government refused to hang the Indigenous flag um, in front of uh, the Parliament, yeah, which is pretty pretty lame of them. That's what you expect from so, such. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I refuse to be shocked, but I mean, it's always disappointing. Um, and it's just, it's incredible that there was like, it went to a vote in Parliament anyway. Like, um, I'm just. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't even want to get lip service. That's just sad. <laughs> no, that's the thing, yeah. It, it's like they can be openly, like, say, yeah, fuck the, you know, fuck Indigenous people. That's what they're basically saying. And. They are OMP. Um, that, I mean, the, the Labor's not that much, not that that good, but OMP just goes like a whole whole level below that in this kind of thing. It's just disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I think the point is is it's deliberate, just um, deliberately being offensive as much as possible, and just reminding um, Indigenous people of this country of their of their humiliation over and over again. Yeah. Um, but do you think the supporters take notice of this? Or they probably do, like the really hardcore right wingers. They're probably like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Got them over that one, yeah. But, <laughs> and most of these people. To be honest, no, it probably isn't a vote winner because anyone who feels that strongly is probably going to vote for One Nation or. Um, they're vegan. If they're like, in a really. Yeah. There are people out there that are so far, so far right in Australia, they think, like. <laughs> That like uh, the Liberal National Party is fucking a bunch of socialists, you know, like so. Uh, yeah, I guess they don't want to totally eradicate Medicare just yet. So for for them, that's that's socialism. Yeah. <laughs> so I just I'm, I'm convinced that um, it's just a part of the process of enforcing that humiliation constant, um, which is no, fucking tragic. It's just uh, keep hitting on, um, you know, giving some dog whistles. There's not even dog whistles, just blatant, actually. It's disgusting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and let's talk about, about... Yeah, which is, which is good. Making a Um, But, you know, what was more interesting is we, we should talk about... It's the current... What, what, what do you call that? Was it the Q&A that Osman Chu was on? Yeah, uh, Q&A, which is um, yeah, show. It's like a, a show, TV show on now public broadcaster where there's like a host and usually six guests and people from the crowd ask questions, they send them in and stuff. That show, man, it, it never wins because it's like, you know, everyone on the left says it's right wing, everyone on the right says it's left wing. It never wins. They should just pick a side and just go with it now. You know, they're not winning anywhere. I mean, Hamish McDonald's getting paid, like, what, half a meal to sit down and... Oh, filthy, man. Jackal. 
yeah. So might as well just go with it, you know, who the fuck cares? Yeah, well, it's, it's just... that classic centrism that really doesn't achieve anything. <laughs> it doesn't. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. Or balance. And the balance is that um, the ABC is famous for balancing its coverage of climate change with um, a climate change scientist and then someone who uh, just thinks it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Uh, British guy from University of Manchester. Um, Brian Cox. Yeah, I remember that episode a few years ago. Um, uh, so they have a, a, like a scientist versus Pauline Hanson, who he never graduated high school, talking about climate change. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great man. That's it's just centrism. Just doesn't work. <laughs> and, and he's just like rolling his eyes the whole time. I remember that episode. It's good. That was actually a good one. But yeah, it, it's like that. That you can't say that in any way. Anyway, from me, because I'm the left, so uh, that's definitely not left wing. That's. I mean, it's. I guess it's super like ultra centrist, um, radical centrists, trying to give both sides of the view, even what, even if one side of the view is so stupid, that. It just doesn't make any sense. That was actually um, reminded me of how uh, Fitzgibbons, apparently he's from, is he from your state, Joel Fitzgibbons? No, uh, he's, I'm pretty he's sure, from, well, he's the member for, um, for, new, for the new seat around Newcastle, Hunter. Okay, yeah, that guy. Like, um, he, you know, he's pretty, he's a climate change skeptic. And he's yeah. been out of um, Labour, the, the centrist party, um, which is a good, you know. No, he hasn't of, been kicked out. Well, he's, he's just not on the front bench anymore. Yeah. He's, oh, he's, he's, he's not a minister. He was like shadow minister for um, something. But, so his electorate um, has a bunch of coal mines in it. So... I'm not sure if he's actually a climate change denier. It's just that he he um he knows he's, that he's absolutely rooted if he doesn't support it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, he, he, I, I think he was something to do with that. He had like a ten point swing to him in the last election, so he's become um oh, he's right. that blue collar base. You know, get back to the centre. Um, all the rules like all the you know coal mining and sort of. Uh, more uh, basically w- worker heavy in terms of um, natural resources kind of type seats, like history farming. Yeah. Uh, but the so thing like his all those seats anyway, so it's like, yeah. Well, it's difficult because I actually think, in a way, outside of his electorate, his base is um, it's blue collar, but it's not blue collar um, uh, like a a laborer or a retail worker or something we're talking um like electricians and plumbers um and mine workers who are on two hundred thousand dollars a year um you know fly in fly out workers they're on absolutely filthy money um and and rightly so because it's either dangerous work or it's hard work and they're also on casual contracts so they don't full time they just get paid by the week um yeah yeah all the um yeah, they're sole traders. Um, some of those electricians, all their business involves is them and their van full of gear. So people in Australia, they make company can just not, you know, pay them. They can basically, if they get injured, they can just, you know, they don't have to pay any compensation and just basically yeah. dog them in, just dump them. 
Um, but still, they, they, they allow this system to happen because they, they're not well-educated enough, which is not their fault because our entire education system has issues. Um, like, I just Googled. It was like, what, 123,844 is the average salary in mining. Um, which is what was it? 123,844, according to iMineCode.net, mining job salaries. And these, these jobs range from kitchen hands all the way to geologists. So this is, that means, it, it, you know, kitchen hands would be driving that um, salary down quite a bit, if you think about it. Yeah. So that's a little huge salary if you're just the actual miner, if you think about it. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. oh. Um, um, <clears throat> so I think those people in those jobs, while technically working class or even blue collar, they have different interests to, say, your other typical labor voter who is maybe a single mom or works in retail um, or a nurse or something. Very well, different interests. Sort of a more average tradie, I guess, that isn't um, yeah. in, in such a state, I guess. Like in, maybe in an urban tradie. Because I, I noticed that, like, you know, outer suburb traders are more labor-based, but once you get sort of a bit more um, into the world, it becomes more liberal. Maybe that's just a peer pressure or something going on. Like, oh, mate, you've got to yeah. vote this. But, and you were also talking about, um, I remember you, you tweeted uh, something about, you know, not blue-collar and white-collar. Um, it doesn't it really sort of smudge now. Like, you know, lots of blue-collar people earn more than white-collar jobs, which is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's plenty of people out there with university degrees that haven't just sort of work in call centre jobs. Oh um, yeah, because it's 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 you don't have to, it's not just you don't have to just go to a mine to get filthy money. Electricians on a building site in the CBD will be on really good money. Um, I think I think you're talking about um, the tradies sort of voting patterns. I think on building sites where they have access to unions. There might be swing more towards uh, labor, mm. and then maybe for, um, you know, a lot of those uh, electricians like sort of family businesses running around. There might just be one guy in his van, or maybe an apprentice. Those sort of people might be more inclined to liberal. Um, yeah, perhaps. I, I know that um, one of my mates was working down in the Murray Murray area, thick uh, New South Wales border, and they didn't like they were all electricians, right, doing some huge government stuff. And none of them were actually unionized, which surprised me. So that, that could be why, because all of them were sort of like uh, family businesses just um, yeah. working it with a contract. Um, yeah, it's really hard to organize a business that only has five employees um, for yeah. some reason. Fair enough. Um, so let's go back to Q&A. There's a bit of a tangent. Sorry about this. <laughs> uh, so basically, Oslin Chu, he's a, uh, a he's like a fellow of the per capita think tank, which is like a centrist or sort of leftish uh, think tank. I don't think you have a very good view on them. No, they're I guess sock Dems, yeah. Uh, With they, capitalist, yeah, uh, capitalist still, tendencies. In capitalism, so um, to me, yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> yeah. So basically. Uh, we talked about this last week. He's been really pushing um, for people, well, for the Liberal government, basically to um, recognise that they've made a mistake 
and trying to get an apology. Yeah, Chinese people to denounce the Chinese Communist Party, um, which is fair because you know your your ethnic or racial background shouldn't be related to a a, a party. Um, because at the moment, you know, these days it seems like whenever they're saying I hate the communists or Chinese Communist Party, it's basically saying I hate the Chinese people. But it's already been very heavily linked. This kind of racial sort of link for me anyway. I don't know if if, if it is, but for me that's what it feels like. Because it's basically uh, just another way to dog whistle how much you, you hate Chinese people. Um, uh, for, uh, I, w- I would. Because uh, I know it's totally different. Um, maybe yeah. a lot separated, but a lot of people. But the thing is, a lot of um, people that do that, um, especially even Taiwanese or Hong Kong people, when they say they hate the Chinese Communist Party, they're usually basically meaning they hate the mainlanders, they hate the Chinese people, the one point four. Yeah people in the mainland and that's why i get that feeling um and, and maybe there are there is probably some loss in translation people which are actually just you know trying to be well-meaning in their own minds but it, it's not that for me anyway yeah just make that clear uh, of course and i was just going to say it's a part of australia's long history of fear and hatred of the idea of china as much as anything else the idea of of um the chinese nation i guess yeah, it's like this one um, monolithic uh, sort of super massive Han race um, thing they have in mind. <laughs> it's more like Europe, but united. Uh, so, yeah, yeah you, they'll be surprised to see how many how, how much Chinese people hate each other and regionalism around. Um, <laughs> it, so, basically, I went on Q&A, very brave, and asked them, all the five panellists, um, do they condemn what uh, Senator Abetz said. And, of course, every panelist said they condemn it or they don't agree with it at all. And, um, and one of the panelists was uh, a sort of a distant um, connection to the show, uh, nothing term, but one of the former prime ministers, who is the father of a probably former listener now, Alex Turnbull. And Alex Turnbull is interesting because he's been tweeting some very interesting tweets going like, oh, you know, connecting, uh, making people denounce the party isn't that bad, making Chinese people. But his dad said no. So what do you think happened there, um, Rizzi? So either um, it's possible that Malcolm just does not return um, Alex's calls or texts and they're not speaking (laughs) at all. And so there's actually nothing really deep going on, and there's just two people with individual, uh, you know, um, <laughs> opinions. But I actually think it's more likely that um, Alex is trying to get attention from his dad, and the only way he knows how to do that is with negative attention. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if that's so stupid and really racist, his dad's going to call him. It's like, oh, son, what are you doing here? Stop being yeah. racist. <laughs> So, um, that, that, that's a good theory. Um, I'm kind of just allegations. We don't know if it's true, but um, but it, it was it was coming. Like you could see why Malcolm Turnbull would say no. He's a super globalist. He's a former investment banker for um, Corbin Sachs. Um, you know, he wants he, he ponies up and sucks ass on both sides. You know, he he wants that global trade to continue. He wants to play both sides, which is probably better than what we have now, but. That's why he, he would want better relations with China. 
Yeah, uh, small amount of credit where it's due. Um, he does believe in trade, um, and I don't think he's opposed to bombing, you know, smaller, possibly Arabic countries on the other side of the planet. But yeah. I, yeah, he he sees a peaceful East Asia as a dream, I guess. I mean, he he would he would take the profits to bomb Middle East if he could, because you know he's a he's a dirty banker. Um, yeah. But, and Bob Crack would say no. He's like kind of China's golden boy in a way, in New South Wales. Oh, uh, was he on as well? Yeah. Um, you know, he's always been accused of being a communist spy. Um, yeah. he, he seems to really know nothing about China. He just seems to be this random dude that's just there for some reason that got lucked out. <laughs> um, but yeah, he used to be a for, uh, former foreign minister for Labour. And the other three. Yeah. Of New South Wales, yeah. New South Wales, yeah. Um yeah. yeah, he's always been a bit of an interesting character. I think he's um been quite supportive of Palestine in the past as well. So maybe he <laughs> thought China was a natural position. I don't know, it is very weird. Do, do you think he actually knows all this? Because every time I look at him, he he just seems like he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, or do you think he's actually just very, actually quite uh, progressive and left-wing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think he has any opinions. It just matters which way the wind's blowing. And that's what makes him perfect for a show like Q&A, is that he's able to just, like, talk without substance, really. Um, maybe impress half the audience and anger the other half. And that's, I guess, the ratings, so... Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, for a boomer, I guess, he's not that bad. He's only 90% bad. That's pretty hard to get these days, the boomer. Yeah, no. No, I was, yeah, all things considered, I guess. <laughs> the bar is low, as they say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at the Americas. They, they, um, they got that two boomers and the, apparently the least bad boomer one, but he's still pretty bad, like... Uh, is Biden a boomer? He's probably... He's probably got... Actually, great generation, right? They're both be great... Um, or builders. Is that what yeah, you call them? He's like... Because he's like pushing 80. So... 90, 40. He's probably born... Uh, okay. No, just... Yeah. I'll be a very young boomer. Oh, no. They're both boomers. Yeah. I think Trump is also a boomer by just one year. Oh, no, no, Trump's our generation, just. He's just three years, yeah. And he's turning uh, 78 in uh, 10 days. So happy birthday to him. And, and I bet, yeah. And I, I, wonder bet. How he got out of, I wonder how he got out of the Korean War then. That seems like something that would have been his generation. You know, we all know. He would have been 80 years old in the Korean War. So he's basically... Oh. Like, he really shouldn't have been a senator just generation. He's just... Because you know how the baby boom happened when all the soldiers came back from World War II, right? So after 1945. He was born in 1942. So he's basically, he's basically a baby boomer generation person, but that's built just off the cutoff. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, an old he's one. Pretty, because of the how the boomer thing works, if there's actually a clear cutoff in soldiers returning, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty crazy. From World War II, like, that era... Like running the country, I don't know. That always yeah, just confuses all, me. They're all far too old. 
Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Do you think China's going to own him by just, like, posting how he, like, smells kids and, you know, kisses young children? <sighs> I It's going to be interesting to see how China reacts. I was just tweeting before that um, there's been a lot of talk about how he hasn't... <laughs> um, President Xi hasn't called up to congratulate him on winning, but he he hasn't officially won yet, so I think they're still mm. waiting to see. It was uh, real clear politics, which uh, um, they, they still haven't called it for uh, Biden because it's still if that 10 or 20,000 votes, that, that difference in most of the big states, some of the big um, yeah. sort of swing states. So he could go the other way, but it's a very small chance, but still, that, that's fair. That's the, the Chinese way. You have to be 100% sure, you know. Um, and it's a bit different because uh, she wins, you know, he wins the majority of like 90% of the votes every time. So <laughs> he doesn't really understand, perhaps. But um, I think it's around half the world hasn't really um, given congratulations to Biden yet, apart from their actual close allies like India and Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Seems that should hold off a little bit. Um, so we got distracted again. Did we cover all of Q and A? I mean, that's all there is really to talk about. It's just that this witch hunt against Chinese people. Um, unless you got something to add to that. Well, it's just it, yeah, it, uh, Australian sort of media community seems to be sort of undecided about whether really to stick the boot in to abets and, and and force them to make an apology or he never will um, I guess but they're also putting pressure on the people around him to sort of disown him um, and it, I've seen like of course the academic community has been quite supportive of Osman and um, and you know so the Chinese diaspora in Australia but um, still very I mean, good at Osman for keeping it going, you know. Oh, yeah, fucking oath. So, well, yeah. someone has to, you know. Um, yeah, because uh, I, I was just thinking today, like, I haven't been following this story as much as I probably should because it doesn't, it's not affecting me as a, as a white Australian, mm. the, you know, the overall McCarthyism. But as, as we all know, First they come for, you know, one one group, and it's only a matter of time before they come the rest of us. So yeah. I have, yeah, a lot of respect for, for Osmond Shu for, for standing up. Um, and he possibly go down in, in history as being the first person to, um, in this new age of, of fear, to be like, fuck you. So, yeah, good on him. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely kind to Osmond Chu. Um, and also, thinking about Eric Abetz, he, he's a senator from Tasmania, which is, you know, very much not representing democracy, being a senator from a state of, what, half a million people and yeah. having 10 Senate seats. And that's why he's not scared, because um, as long as there's, like, even, you know, a, a 10% vote for the Liberals in Tasmania, he'll keep his seat, because he's the first on the list there. And yeah. secondly, he, he's, 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 you know, he was a German for, 20, for the first 20 years of his life. Um, I think he only uh, renounced his German citizenship like in the 70s or something. And he was born in Germany, in West Germany. And we all know 
you know, West Germany, we're going to use his logic, West Germany, you know, um, was was run by a lot of Nazi secessionists, you know, sort of like, lots of Nazis appointed by the US government to run the government. Absolutely. And uh, shouldn't he be denouncing the Nazi party every time we see him? Or, cause, and also the fact is, he's, um, I think he's, uh, uncle was it? Uh, Otto Abetz was, yeah. was a very famous war criminal. Very famous. Uh, he was a SS uh, brigade Führer and also the ambassador to Vichy France under Hitler. Um, he was openly not a, a, a Nazi um, and convicted for war crimes. Um, I think at Nuremberg. Yeah. So yeah, it, this is very it's yeah. <laughs> it's so hypocritical, and I mean the thing is, people don't go around asking him to denounce Nazism because it's fucking stupid. It's stupid to expect anyone um, of Chinese appearance yeah. to, <laughs> yeah. to denounce. Just, um, about his uncle. His uncle arranged the deportation of French Jews to extermination camps. So, just saying, if you want to make familial connections, familial connections, not even just ethnic connections, uh, Eric Abetz don't have, doesn't have a very uh, good place to stand on, you know. He's... Right. And a, another little anecdote for Eric Abetz is um, homosexuality wasn't legalised in Tasmania until the late 90s, and he fought tooth and nail against that. So, wow. So that's, is that how he became famous? Or? I think... I'm not sure, um, but I'm not sure if he was a senator then. Oh, yeah, he's been a senator since 1994. He's pretty so, old. Um, like 60, I think, 70 nearly. 62. But, yeah, he's he's been a senator, which is the easiest job, and as you mentioned, easy to get into. Um, if you're in Tasmania. In a big party. Years. Yeah, because you can do anything. You can fuck up so bad if you're a Tassie senator. <laughs> it's, it's basically it's unfair representation in, in that way um, so uh, I think it's, it was the same for there was quite a few senators from South Australia as well like extra liberal ones that were just horrible like Corbinati like in the states yeah. of small populations you, you have a few extra just because that, um, how, how it works in the voting and they, they yeah, can just be super like right wing or crazy and no one gives a shit because they, they can't get out yeah but it's also good because you have some crazy people um, that are quite funny, like Jackie Trad. I think she's one of those centers. Not Jackie no, Trad. Um, Jackie, uh, Jackie Lamb. Sorry, God, I her name every day, Jackie Trad. That's my poor brain. Um, Jackie Lamb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, do you remember? I think it was a, a federal election before. The federal election before last, the um, the motoring enthusiast party got a senate seat. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's not surprising because Tasmania has like what? Um, no, that was in Australia, but yeah, uh, Tasmania has which. That's a WA thing, you know. They love cars and mining. Yeah, I mean, Tasmania has like what half a million people and what four hundred thousand of them can vote. Yeah. So there's like ten seats, so you just get like you know forty thousand people. You don't even need that much because you know how, how it's split. You know to support you, and you're dead. It, it's like it's like it's like easier than a, a state state um, seat. Yeah, 
in most um, major states. Um, oh, it's also yeah. sad what happened to Indigenous people in Tassie. Uh, it's totally wiped out. Um, so, but otherwise, it's also uh, very much a how do I say representation of Australian colonialism. Um, yeah, yeah, it's the Australia of Australia. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. You know how um, it, it apparently really was similar to the British Isles in um, weather and temperature. So, yeah. yeah, I've heard it's beautiful. Yeah. I've been there a few times. I didn't see the good things about it because half of them all come down to um, Melbourne, all the young kids to work. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so know, while we're on the uh, old McCarthyism, we should also mention um, this week, was this week or last week, um, a, a man who goes by the name of Sonny Dong was um, arrested uh, on under, actually, the, the, new, the law is only two years old, but it was um, planning to carry out foreign interference. Um, it was an investigation by Australian Federal Police and ASIO, which is like our spy agency. Um, and we're not actually sure what he's alleged to have done, but I did learn that... Um, so he's actually Indonesian-Chinese, I'm pretty sure, um, <laughs> and he's a member of um, the Oceanic... Um, I think it's like the Foreign Chinese Club for like... Uh, ethnically Chinese people who live in like Southeast Asia, like Laos, uh, Thailand, Cambodia, Indonesia. And that organization um, has come out in support of China in the South China Sea. So, um, yeah. I wonder if there's a connection there because that's quite spicy. So, um, that would put a lot of people, there's a lot of Chinese people down in. Southeast Asia, um, as I said many times, I thought he was Vietnamese, but now now he's Indonesian Chinese, and he's just I'm very confused because his name sounds Vietnamese, you know, Duong. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure that he's Indonesian Chinese, but I thought I read that somewhere. So um, maybe he's like. And he, he said he's lived in Australia for 42 years, and he said that he's never lived in China. So yeah, he's definitely. Um, yeah, it's yeah, Chinese by Chinese. background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and I, yeah, I thought influential it was like, Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, he's influential. Um, lots of charity groups. He is. Um, he ran well, for he, local election uh, for the Liberal Party, which is the Conservative Party, as we've talked about. Um, he owns a business that, um, or a number of businesses to do with the funeral industry. Um, and he donates money to maintain the graves of uh, Chinese uh, workers during the gold rush. So, mm. it's a classic uh, right-wing uh, philanthropist, I guess. It's a big boomer. He's just a Chinese boomer dude, man. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what, what, what was the really hard evidence they got on him. Uh, that hasn't been uh, given out yet. We, and yeah. we don't actually. He um he didn't he did an interview with. The Guardian, or answered a few of their questions. I don't know if it was a full interview, um, but he wouldn't go too deep into it. But all I can see is 
uh, actually, when this story broke, uh, I'm not sure who's the China correspondent from the ABC. Uh, uh, it was uh, ABC. Uh, Bill Bettles. Oh, actually, no, not uh, right Michael Smith. That's a. Uh, ABC, yeah. uh, sort of a younger dude. Anyway, he tweeted out saying that um, that he'd been arrested um, under the new laws um, trying to carry out foreign interference, but that's not actually what the federal police said. They said he was arrested for planning to carry out foreign interference. So that's a bit different. Um, so before... We're interested to see exactly what it is. And, and considering this law has only been in action for two years, um, yeah. Could be, I mean, uh, it's just the right-wing dude who really loves, like, his heritage because if he's Indonesian, or, you know, he would have um, seen a lot of racism towards Chinese people. Like, there's been a lot of problems in Indonesia just targeted to massacring Chinese people. Um so, despite the fact he was, I think, because he was the, for all I know is that he's the director of the, uh, there's a Chinese history museum in the city. That's right. No. I forgot about that, yeah. And I that makes any money, but apparently he's the director of that museum, so he's probably funding it or something. Um, this dude's just very proud of himself, and yeah. he, he he's very, um, he looks he's like, he's like a little sort of dwarf-looking guy, because um, I saw a photo of him with, like, two other white guys, and he, Maybe they're just really tall white guys, but he, he looked like a little cute little dude. Um, he, I, I'm just like, man, I, I kind of feel bad for him, but also the, the fact that he he's a live, I mean, he's just an old Chinese boomer, man. Like, leave him alone. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what he did, but... Like, we don't know why. We chat that he's going to, like, um, I don't know, help China regain the South China Sea with his dwarf powers. I don't know, man. That's. Uh. I I hope we I hope we eventually find out what what it is that they alleged he's done because he's he's vowed to fight the charges and says he's done nothing wrong, which is is interesting because um I wonder if he knows I wonder if I told him what he's done. I guess I have to but um it's such a new law um. Like, <laughs> I, there's plenty of people in Australia wouldn't know that that is the law. So what annoys me about that law is like there, there's so many people blatantly shilling for the Americans in Australia, um, and how come they've not been arrested? You know, I'm not gonna know any names because this this shit is pretty serious, man. Like if you get arrested like this, you're you're screwed. Um, but I'm like, what? What's gonna happen? Am I gonna get arrested for like saying you know fuck Australia or something on this podcast? Yeah. What is the... Yeah. What's the criteria, you know? you got to be clear about this. Um, like, if I knew, say, a random Chinese um, garbage cleaner, cleaner for the state, because he's a state employee, does that make me, like, in collaboration with that dude? Um, you know, there, there needs to be a fine line here, because, you know, Sonny is probably one of those dudes who's like, yeah, I donate a lot of money, just white people accept me, and I never accepted him. Poor dude, wasted all his money, but he's probably still quite rich. I mean, he lives in Surrey Hills, which is on the wealthier, you know, suburbs of Melbourne, um, and he looks like he owns multiple companies, 
Yeah, he does. So I think that's he must have like a bunch of companies or businesses that he runs, yeah. which also allows him to work for the museum, which probably doesn't pay very well. Yeah, and he also, um, you know, traveled to Taiwan before, but never traveled to China. So he's yeah. Uh, the same when you know mm. actually <laughs> it'd be interesting if it was to come out that he's been um carrying out or planning foreign interference for a country that wasn't china Ooh, was that, it carrying out the state of taiwan dun, dun, dun. it actually happens a lot because uh, one of the one of my classmates apparently was a his dad, he, they said he said his dad was a spy for Taiwan. I'm like, yeah, don't lie. But apparently, I'm like, it makes sense because his dad never worked. He just sort of sat around all day. But he was really rich for some reason. But uh, maybe he was just lying. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know what you could spy on for Australia anyway. Like, what what do we have that that isn't already like you you can get by just spying on on Americans and just getting our information from them. Like. When 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 I think of foreign interference, like maybe he was trying to get a job at um uh what's it fucking called? <laughs> um it's Epic Times. <laughs> Epoch Times. Epic Times. Epoch Times, yeah. <laughs> Dude, they stop stop handing out their um newspapers. They have. Well, near me, they haven't updated their thing in like a week near the um uh my local store. So, oh, okay. ooh, maybe, maybe that, maybe ever since uh, Xiaoyan and his gang got a bit of trouble or something, because you know, with his anti-Semitic comments. Yeah, uh, that nothing ever came out of that, did it? Yeah, that, that was very anti-Semitic. Um, so Xiaoyan, the editor for Vision Times, was like talking about uh, Harvey Cohen's, uh, I think, Jewish mind or brain or something. Was that it? Yeah. The Jewish mind can't understand the Chinese mind. We, and he, and he kept, yeah, dog whistling this weird idea that uh, Haga Cohen had some higher calling to like mastermind a division in the Chinese community. I'm like, what the? Anyway, it, he's just blatantly right wing. <laughs> yeah, dude's weird. He's man. Very weird. Um, um, yeah. yeah, I also saw that speaking of Epoch Times, um, they're sort of jumping on board the uh, the election truther and implying I've seen some of their reports, you know, illegal votes and all that sort of stuff. So um, I did tweet today that you know Epoch Times and stuff um, and uh, Himalaya, the front for Federation of China or whatever it's called. Um, They've, we've, they've been happy for their coronavirus misinformation, but I'm not sure how um, the West is going to go with misinformation about the election and stuff. So um, They'll probably ignore them because they've been spreading bullshit for Trump for like the last five years-ish since they he have, announced yeah. And he... It's very annoying. I don't know why they let him go so hard. I mean, they, they, they this is an organisation that is blatantly... Anti-race mixing, anti-LGBTQ. It's they're very right-wing, but they seem to get away with all this somehow. I, I I might be conspiratorial, but I think there's some. They have very strong backing, and that could be why. Yeah, someone's put their money in there. 
um, that there was the, what do you call it, Gordon Gray's new album, something like, it's not the Fuck China one, it's another new one, similar one. We should definitely review his music once once in a while. Quo? Like, Miles Quo? You know, he's been trying to um, astroturf his way. Yeah, he's astroturf his way to number one on Spotify for a day once. By getting all these uh, Falun Gong people to listen to it. It's horrible, by the way. He's a rap. He's on his yacht. And, uh... No! No way. Close. It's so bad. It's like, fuck the CCP. Yeah. God. We need to review that someday. It, 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 it's um, it's so cringy that I nearly uh, I nearly what just fainted. Fuck? All right, yeah, we'll have to do a special episode. <laughs> he, he's such a bad rapper. Like he, he, you can see that he's trying to copy a lot of these uh, newer mobile rappers. But also incorporate some kind of weird idea of black people in his mind and mix it up. And he's just failing. Uh, all he has is that he has a really big boat. That's all he's going for him. Because he's rich. He's actually bowling because he's rich. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, um, his record's got five stars on uh, Amazon. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was printing number one on Spotify in Australia for one day. Because his fans just kept on putting on listening. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. Imagine listening oh. to this crap like a whole day. I'm just, uh, Spotify, oh. is a, Spotify is a jib anyway. All those streams is fake. Have you seen those photos where there's like 20 phones up on like on a desk or whatever and they're all playing the same thing? Because you, oh, you, you can pay people to get plays. Um, oh, okay. Because I, I got linked to the Himalaya account. Was like everybody replay this song a hundred times, and they sent it to me. That happens as well. But you know, for example, <laughs> I could pull a song up on Spotify and put on repeat, and then um, you know mute my phone and let it play all night while I sleep or whatever, um, and and get those plays. So if he's got uh, fans, if you think uh, Miles Quayle, he's uh. Gaming the system here. He's being dishonest. <clears throat> He's fake rapper. Um, He's a bad rapper, man. You should challenge him to rap. Take him on. There's a song from um, uh, 21 Savage, and there's like a guest verse, and the guest rapper, I can't remember his name, but his line was like, um, uh, not everything is what it seems. It's too many rappers faking their streams. <laughs> that, I only know that one song with uh, Jay Cole. Uh, that's it. Uh, yeah, is that the one? No, nah, that's not nah, Jay Cole's not on that one. It's um, how many? How many? Like I'll have to listen to it later. Yeah. That's oh, that is so cringe. Now nah, we we need to get our comrade Xiang Yu, that guy, to rap battle Miles Clark. That that would uh, definitely. Yes, there we go. <laughs> that will... Yeah, because... <laughs> watch that. Like, I'll pay money to watch that live. If anyone can okay. get that happen, I would love it. <laughs> Actually, let me retweet that now. This is good. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Um, this, this was fun. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> uh, talk soon. <laughs>
千年悲。